Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows, and guests. Um, I know that there, you know, there are definitely some things like the um, 
um, what Apple calls the natural scrolling, which uh, some of us are feeling is a little bit unnatural, but it's really easy to tweak. Uh, and so there's some of those little gripes that are just a matter of getting used to the new operating system. So, you know, I encourage people that are using it to yeah, hang in there. You do get used to some of the new things, and, um, yeah, there are a few niceties in there. So. Now, I, I actually haven't got a Mac device myself, but one of our work colleagues has picked up a new MacBook Pro. I won't ask you what happened to your old uh, MacBook, but anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I, 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 um, when I, yeah, we won't go into that. Um, did, you, did you do a full thing? No, I, no, I actually returned it when I uh, finished up my last business, so it was on a lease. But, oh, okay. but um, I probably still have one today, I think, just to play with. But yeah, no, they're good. It's good to have it. I think it's, if, you, if we're going to talk about stuff, it's nice to have those devices around. But, mm. um, so this, this guy, he, um, straight out of the box, um, brand new, he's only got this yesterday, uh, Lion install. Wasn't actually that bad, and the scrolling thing I couldn't quite understand why, where people were coming from, to be honest, because it just felt naturally right for me. So I'm guessing that if you're used to it one way, um, you're going to sort of feel, and it's not a very good in space, but you've got to get used to it or tweak it or whatever. But it just seemed to naturally work quite well. I was really impressed with some of the interface design. You know, the multi-touch um, pad, just being able to do different things with the, design, uh, with the interface was great. Um, Strangely enough, open up the marketplace, and the first thing that appears on my marketplace is the fact that I should download the new Lion operating system. I know I had I had the same on mine. I'm scratching my head. I'm running Lion. I'm in the store, and it's telling me to download uh, Lion. So, so but um, what I found is setting up someone for the first time in on a Mac device with the Mac uh, login, Apple login, and everything, just seemed to be a little bit of a rigmarole. Like we had to go through and re-enter the username password so many times just to try and get. I mean, ultimately what we did is we opened up the the, the marketplace and we went to get Final Cut um, 10, Final Cut Pro 10. Oh, I mean the app store. Yep. Marketplace, sorry. <laughs> it's a mindset thing. And, and it just was a... Yeah. Right, it, is a, it is a marketplace and it is an app store. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. One just happened to be trademarked, apparently. Oh, really? Oh, well, I'm going to get sued for that, aren't I? But um, it, it just was a little bit of a rigmarole just to get that app down. And uh, it, I guess we're all trying to do it really quickly. And it was like, no, no, you have to complete all 200 steps before we'll let you do anything. So it was a little bit of a nightmare on that side. But hey, the user experience and getting the apps down, I actually found it quite quick. I know that people were a bit concerned. It's going to be slow. It's going to be... We got Final Cut Pro 10 down real quick. So, so I mean... My big concern now is obviously if people are complaining about the gestures with the, you know, the, the new touch and everything, imagine what they're going to say when Windows 8 comes out, because that's got a whole lot of new gestures from what we've seen in the videos and the demonstrations. You know, people are going to have to learn. It's a matter of adapting something new. And I think, like Paul said, you know, once you get it, it feels very natural. You just got to um, persist with it for over a period of time. I am, um, uh, on the gestures thing, my son, who's only three, loves playing with the, um, with the, the iDevices in. Um, this is iPads and iPhones and my Windows phone, and it's all obviously gesture control. And he understands it. I haven't had to teach him anything. He understands it. He's got naturally into being able to flick between screens and whatnot. I mean, we look at this technology now and go, oh, it's not very good. It's sort of against the grain. But this is the future of where computing interfaces are going. And, and the name has changed. We used to have that term. GUI, GUI for graphical user interface, yep. and now it's all about the GUI, the natural user interface. Yep. Uh, and yeah, there, there are some of those things that we've actually got to get used to because the technology is, is stretched ahead of where we were 
you know, 25 years ago uh, when the graphical user interface started coming out, and we just said, have to get used to a few changes. We're old, this is basic. Mark my words, my three-year-old boy probably will never use a keyboard. Yep. That's what I reckon. Never use a keyboard. All right, I'm feeling old now. Let's move on. <laughs> really getting feeling old. So, other... I remember DOS back in the day. Other happenings. As you mentioned before, BlackBerry Playbook. Yes, in New Zealand today, there's a whole bunch of retailers that have got that. I understand they've also done a deal with Telecom. I'm wow. not sure if there's anything there with Vodafone just yet. Uh, interesting pricing. We've got the uh, 16 gig unit starting at $799, um, which... Paul's just pulling something out of his pocket. He no, that was one. No, no, I'm just putting it in there for a second. I was going to say, but look, while Paul talks out his social life, um, <laughs> well, look, we, we actually had a go of one of these in the US, and I really thought it was a big fail. I'm sorry. Well, it, we, it still needed a BlackBerry computer. It was a version one. They didn't have a mail client built in. They were going to release that with 1.1. Do you know if they've released it with 1.1 version or is it 1.0? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, that we we missed, we've been in touch with them. Uh, well, before we went to the US, yeah. asking for a demo unit uh, so that we could cover this off. Uh, and we've heard very little until today of oh, it's launched and oh, we'll put you in the list to get hold of a product at some stage. So. Um, Maybe somebody else out there's got their hands on on one, and I know one or two other press um, I think prob- probably have. Uh, but uh, yeah, strangely, um, the NZ Tech podcast was not at the um, was not 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 cool enough this, this time around. So uh, yeah, um, just one thing you mentioned that um, it had to tether with the BlackBerry to be in use. But yeah, they're partnering with Telecom on this one. So are they bringing out a model that actually tethers directly to 3D? It just seems. It's a thing that odd that they would partner with Telecom if there wasn't actually a symbiotic sort of connection. This is what I wanted to know. So apparently the next, they said, basically when it all sort of coming out with version 1.0, they said, oh, version 1.1 will have it, you'll be standalone and you've got to put some card in and da 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 So that's why I want to find out if they've actually released 1.1 is the model that we've got over here. Yeah, good, good point. Um, so just, just having a look here, uh, to, to clarify who they're launching with, um, it says it's through uh, Telecom and Vodafone, so cool. e- equally through both of them. Um, so just just to clarify uh, my misunderstanding on that, um, and they're also going to be in you know, a bunch of the major uh, the major retailers. So it shouldn't be any problem getting hold of them. Um, yes, yeah, seven nine nine for that base sixteen gig model. Uh, then the pricing starts going up. So it's 949 for a 32 gig model and 1099 for a 64 gig model. Oh, so that again? 1099 for that 64 gig. That's so iPad levels, isn't it, pretty much? Yeah. Well, when, um, you, when, when, you, when you look at it, it's still cheaper than a, um, than a say, a 64 gig um, iPhone. Um, and you're talking about a, um, a device with a much larger screen. So, hey. In the, in the scheme of things, it's cheaper than a cell phone. And if you get one, you can be like the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Have you not seen it? The music videos they've been doing lately all have BlackBerry devices, including the Playbook. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've, I've missed that. I've obviously um, not so given up with, uh, with pop culture. Admit, so it, admit it, you've been downloading the videos. <laughs> right, so so that's the, that's the BlackBerry playbook. Um, we've been left off the list, but um, maybe our opinion of it is that the um, the BlackBerry playbook isn't cool enough for us. 
Um, so we're not interested, but uh, we might be able to change that once we get this big one. But uh, um, I'm not seeing too many votes for it um, right here right now. So um, yeah, good luck, BlackBerry. Um, we wish you the best, and uh, maybe you can change our opinion with a um, a tiny new device and new software on it from what we saw uh, last time around in the states. So we've also got the um, HP Touchpad launching, haven't we? Yeah, so um, the, I've, I've got a, a message through saying that uh, New Zealand distributors are going to start sending those out from, uh, we'll be able to ship orders from next Monday, um, which is slightly at odds with some of the press material we're getting, but basically if it's not out next week, then it's definitely out the week after. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's looking um, looking pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually... I'm quite a fan of this, to be honest with you. It's version one product, so if you go out and buy it, it is definitely a version one. But it's actually quite nice. It's actually, I really enjoyed using it and when we had a quick go of it. And we've actually got an interview coming up with um, Roland from HP, haven't we? Yeah, so we'll, we'll have a chat to, uh, to Roland shortly. Um, but yeah, no, I, I spent some time playing with it and uh, I've, I've written up a, you know, sort of, I guess, a, a mini review and there's certainly a, a few, you know, pointers in terms of things that differentiate the product. Uh, some of those have a crossover with the playbook, such as the fact that it, it does full multitasking and it's got flash. Uh, but there are a bunch of other nice things in terms of its uh, social media integration is really nice. Uh, you know, when I look at all the types of accounts you could add in from, uh, you know, Flickr, Foursquare, as well as all the usual, uh, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter type things, it actually is really rich in terms of those capabilities. So uh, that's quite nice. And it is a pretty slick and, and nice and easy to, easy to use uh, device. It's got that um, wireless uh, charging cradle, which you can get for it, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, not a not a not a bad device. Um, now there has been some stuff going around in the media with the um, with the touchpad in terms of pricing because there seems to be quite a big um, differential between the New Zealand pricing and the US pricing. Mm. So I think we were looking at in the US it was uh, four nine nine was the price when uh, yep. Brad and I were there a couple of weeks ago. Which is about mid mid to late five hundred if you look at the exchange rate. Yeah, with our exchange rate still it's still under uh, still under six six hundred um, Kiwi. Uh, but bear in mind their price excludes GST, so by the time you add you know, you add GST in, it's uh kind of six hundred, six seventy five. Yeah, okay. Um, but the New Zealand price, uh, retail price for I think it's coming in at uh, 7.99. Is that right, Brad? Yes. Um, so, yeah. I'm actually just looking at a, um, an unnamed, I'll say unnamed supplier's site who have them listed on their stock levels already. And uh, they've got the retail sitting at 6.95. Ooh. Okay. okay. So, yeah, that's for the 16 gig model. 6.95 for the 16 gig. That's yeah. not bad. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe, oh. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll uh, we will need we will need to check that. Yeah. Um, I mean, this this will also you. I couldn't say it's in stock. They're actually staying the next stock due beginning of December. <laughs> so clearly they're still waiting for it to land, and that probably may define the actual retail yeah. price. Too. And and, and interesting that's the same supplier um, who I had understood would be making these available. Um, next Monday to, uh, to start shipping. So who knows when they're actually going to get here. Now, on the flip side, what we just heard today is in the US market, the touchpad has dropped by 50 US dollars today. Uh, so it's only been out for just over four weeks and they've already dropped the price. Now, they're saying it's a promotional price, but 
we all know what tends to happen with technology when the price comes down. Uh, that's not usually um, temporary. It yeah. usually ends up being a permanent, uh, not, not a permanent reduction. So, but again, if you do the quick calculations, it's uh, um, you know it, it elevates that uh, that that price difference, shall we say, uh, between the. Uh, the New Zealand and the US price difference. So maybe maybe we'll see another announcement around that, uh, or yeah, maybe um, may, maybe nothing. So um, let, let's give that a day or two and, uh, and see whether they make any announcements around uh, around the New Zealand pricing to line up with those uh, the US price changes. So yeah. Okay. Right now we're going to cut across to a call with Roller Bing in um, in Silicon Valley. Uh, Roland is with HP. Uh, welcome along, Roland. How are you? I'm doing well. Excellent. Now, um, your your role. Can you tell us uh, to tell our audience a little bit about what what you do within HP? Uh, we know you're working with WebOS. Uh, where do you sit there? Sure. So I'm responsible for what we call category management and telco management for Asia Pacific and Japan, and I'll be in fact relocating to support or run the business for Asia. Cool. Now, uh, when we were chatting last week, you, you, you were giving me some uh, you know, insights into what you were up to when you, when you heard that uh, HP had purchased Palm last year. Can, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Funny enough, as I was uh, telling Paul, the uh, date was April 28th of last year. And the reason I know was uh, one of my colleagues and I were at Microsoft. Um, learning about uh, Windows Phone 7 strategy when we were called out of the room um, into a meeting by our senior vice president. And uh, when I turned on the conference call, um, lawyers began introducing themselves, so I knew there was something up. So since then, it's been a whirlwind, but a great experience, and I'm really happy to be part of the experience of acquiring Pop. Excellent. So that's quite a big change for uh, for HP to, to really being um, uh, in the operating system uh, business on on uh, on mobile devices. In the past, of course, uh, you've used Windows CE and and, and Windows Phone, uh, and and now of course you've got WebOS, which um, you know has come coming out here in New Zealand. Uh, I think next week uh, with the touchpad. Um, but you've got a range of other other sort of things likely to happen with WebOS in, in the longer term. Can you give us a picture of, of what that might look like, where else we might see uh, the WebOS operating system ending up? Sure. I, I, I think how we really envision this business is that people are going to evolve towards experiences. And you can already tell today people are asking for types of products or types of experiences they are familiar with. We think as people evolve into what they want to use and what they're comfortable with, they're going to walk into uh, an operator store or a re- retail shop and ask for blank type of experience. And we think those experiences are going to be based on the ecosystem. I think there's two very well-established players now. Um, but what we, what we saw as the opportunity was there was no... OS or no ecosystem that really operated across multiple devices. And that's really why um, we thought the opportunity to purchase Palm and deliver WebOS was so great, that we could deliver a consistent, a scalable, um, and really just a great experience across not only your mobile devices, but potentially onto devices that you may be used to using that are traditionally unbooked, like your desktop. So with WebOS, um, as we've talked about, we are launching the HP Touchpad next week. But we plan on bringing a whole range of devices um, 
with WebOS as either an operating system or as an app to run to really unify that experience across um, all the mobile devices or in mobile devices you may be using in your life. So, so things like... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, well, I was just going to ask, so are you going to look to expand that across into printers, televisions? Is it going to be the primary driving OS for everything inside the HP world? I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a primary driving um, uh, operating system within, within the HP world, but I would think it's a strong experience that we want to drive. So um, our CEO and our executive vice president, Todd Bradley, have already made public announcements of us bringing WebOS to uh, desktops and notebooks and printers. But it's, it, w- it would be no surprise to you, or you should not be surprised, to see WebOS on a variety of different devices on operating systems, or excuse me, on phone factors that you're comfortable with today and on other form factors that you may not think about yet. So we have a lot of those things in the pipeline. But the idea at the end of the day is, as people's needs evolve, in, especially in the mobile space, we want that experience to extend. And HP is going to be ahead of that curve, ensuring that that experience is on WebOS. Okay. Good. And uh, in, in terms of how, you know, how, how do you think uh, WebOS right now sort of stacks up with the latest iterations of the software that we're seeing in, in the other spaces in terms of, you know, we've just had uh, the Playbook uh, launch here in New Zealand today. Uh, you know, we've, we've got iOS, which has been doing, you know, very well on the iPhone and, and the iPad. Uh, of course, Android uh, coming along strongly. Where, 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 where does uh, where does WebOS and the and the touchpad sort of fit in that picture? I, I think WebOS backs up um, along with any one of the key operating systems that people are adopting today. Just the features that we have, things like true multitasking, allowing you to really operate with multiple windows or multiple applications open. Um, because of HP Synergy, where we allow you to, we know people are very busy. We know people have multiple lives, right? A life on, at work, a life at home, using Outlook, um, using Gmail, using, using Hotmail, using Facebook. Um, if you've ever tried to manage your different social networks in a single view, it's almost impossible. You know how people do it today with multiple tabs on their browser, but there's not one integrated experience. HP Synergy on WebOS allows you to do that. Log in once and from anywhere, mail a Facebook contact. From your Facebook, mail your Outlook contact. Look at your, your Outlook calendar on and Gmail calendar together. All of those things. And then the third is things like just type, which really make your productivity on the device much better. So we think WebOS is that experience that works like you do versus an OS that you have to adopt to. So we think the, fe- we think the future is very, very bright um, leveraging WebOS. As, as far as the hardware itself goes, again, we think that the innovation cycle is very fast in, in hardware. So we aren't really... Um, uh, uh, hooked on selling the, H- the HP touchpad itself. We want to sell a lot of those. But for us, this is really about driving experiences on a multitude of different hardware devices we are going to release. So we want you to have great experience on the touchpad. We want you to have great experience on, on the desktop experience that we release later. We want you to have a great WebOS experience on the printer experience that we release later. So anything that you're going to want to do, we want to be the center of that leveraging your WebOS. Just a quick question around, obviously, it's the, with the iPad being so dominant at the moment, and it's really been a big consumer play, and it's trying to move into the enterprise space, how is um, WebOS going to sort of handle that, that enterprise space? Have you got something that's going to allow it really to bridge in and be something that's going to be a device that, like a, like a PC, can be managed in, in the enterprise space? Absolutely. And I 
you look at our legacy, HP and this and the standalone company has a strong enterprise history. We are not anytime soon going to let that go. In fact, um, with the device itself, we're going to support all of the all of the enterprise features that I think people would would expect. So exchange policy, VPN support, data arrest, encryption. Um, we'll be releasing um, roadmap items on enterprise like you know a, a private enterprise apps shelf. You know things that are the enterprise is really going to want and it's going to need in order to be successful. Okay. Oh, that that sounds good. Um, well, th- thanks very much for your time, and uh, we, you know we've, we've appreciated hearing about the the touchpad, and I think people here are looking forward to uh, uh, to seeing some more options come come into the market, and you know we look forward to seeing what other devices uh, come come through. Can you give us any sort of indication on when when we're likely in New Zealand uh, to start seeing some of those other devices in terms of uh, you know, smartphones and so on with, with WebOS? Are they a long way off? Is it this year, next year? What, what, what sort of uh, pointers can you give us? Sure. So I, I won't comment directly on, on phones, but I can say that um, we didn't walk into the market to ship just a single device. Um, we have a, a roadmap, of, a, a very detailed roadmap of products coming. And I would say that uh, over the next few months, you'll be hearing many exciting announcements from HP. Okay, that's great. Awesome. Thanks very much, Roland. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Roland. Thanks, Ken. See you soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. So the, the, the confirmed uh, pricing for the HP Touchpad in, in New Zealand is $799, including, including tax. GST and 949 for the 32 gigs. So that I think we're seeing basically the same pricing as for the um, playbook. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to pick up on that because I think personally, with New Zealand dollar the way it is, are they really going to shoot themselves in the foot here a little bit? Is it just that it's that expensive to get them down here, or what? I think we've got an issue across all. You know, major international brands as they they seem to set their exchange rates at some weird point, <laughs> or maybe it's a natural point in time. Um, but it always seems to be a long way away when uh, when our when we're strengthening against the US dollar. Uh, we always hope that it never comes when our dollar is weakening against the US dollar. So the foot's on that too at the moment where where we risk everyone would relook at their prices. Now it's quite an interesting discussion because. Apple have just dropped prices in Australia. So they've dropped the prices of their apps in the App Store. If you're on your yep. iPhone or your iPad and you want to buy apps, or it's only the apps that drop the prices on, not yeah. the actual device um, as well. They haven't, we haven't seen any? No, it's only, only the App Store. No, it's only the App Store. Okay. I thought that they were actually making a move on some of the hardware as well. Um, but the interesting point there is they've, cha- they've made the change in Australia. Our dollar has strengthened at an equivalent uh, pace to the Australian against the US. They're a lot stronger, but we're still at a similar level against the Australian and, and, and so on. Uh, but they haven't made any change in the New Zealand market, which I think is really, actually really bad on Apple's part. So I've, I've got one there for you. For people that live in the UK, basically their dollar, the pound is like almost twice the American dollar. But your prices over there, let's just say for arguments like you pay, hundred US dollars for a um, piece of software, whether it's Microsoft, Adobe, Apple, whatever it is, 
it's normally about 75% more in the UK, even though their pound is twice as much. So they're in a worse position than us. It just seems, there doesn't seem to be an international way of actually, because everything comes out of the US at the moment, there's no way of sort of keeping it globalised with the current exchange rate and everything. So look, it's interesting they're going to have to fix with these marketplaces and, and app stores and whatever else brand names are coming through. Um, but yeah, we've got to work out some way of keeping it there, whether it's online credit. But yeah. We should move to simoleons. Yes. New Zealand pesos. Yep. Cool. Let's, uh, let's move on to the agenda, Paul. All right. Google Plus. What's, um, what's happening there? Have you guys been active on Google Plus for, uh, since we last spoke about it? Who's been spending their, uh, their nights and weekends and, and times connect, reconnecting with all their old friends that they haven't seen for ages that have um, been on Google Plus? Put your hands up, guys, across the studio. And no hands. Um, I, I, I had a big, big play with it because obviously the work that I'm doing uh, in my job that pays for my mortgage, um, it does a lot of stuff in this space. So have a look at it. There's a couple of strange things that have been going on. The one thing that really annoyed me the most and is annoying a lot of people is Google are killing corporate accounts, which isn't in its sense a bad thing. But then what they did is they killed the likes of Pete Cashmore from Mashable's account. He came back and said, oh, no, 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 it's my own personal account. And they reinstated it. Now, Pete Cashmore's personal social media account is Mashable. Simple as that. Mm. So there's a little bit of a, um, angst going on there about what's going on with that. But well, they've even shut down the accounts of, of staff within Google of, of their accounts because whatever their system is for working out who's, uh, who's legitimate or not, uh, they've been really heavy-handed with shutting down accounts, right? Yeah, it's, it's very beta. It's very engineering. It looks nice what they've done so far. The concepts are great. But um, I, I fear it's going to start... Petering off. It's buzz. It's buzz three. It, oh, it is. It's dropping fast. It's not. It, look, they, they had a great start. They they had three million users in three weeks. Great start. Um, but now already they're reporting that they've dropped by three percent. So one point seven nine million or something have dropped off. Um, the problem they're going to have now is if they don't keep growing, it's just going to pitter away because everyone, all the seven hundred fifty million users that are on Facebook, are going to go. Yeah, look, I've got to move my entire social network across to Google+. Plus. Well, the, 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 the challenge is that, you know, people signed up to Facebook for a reason, right? Yeah, and it was that, girls. And it was that, you know, everyone else was getting onto Facebook and, you know, obviously there are capabilities of what the platform did, but it was mainly that's the platform where, you, where everyone is. You can connect with everyone in that one place. And, you know, a little bit like using email. You know, you can get anyone on email or via text message. Facebook was that place. Now... For Google to achieve that same sort of thing with Google Plus is a, is a very hard call because there's a segment of the market that are on Facebook now, they've got their social network and they don't need a new one. And businesses are on Facebook too. This is the thing. Businesses use Facebook. And the problem with Google Plus also is it doesn't integrate into Google Apps. I mean, I just looking at the Geek Zone chat, which I was doing the show, and there's a lot of feedback coming from the guys there that it doesn't integrate across the Google Apps system. And that's where I fall and foul because I've gone back to Google Apps um, myself just to, uh, to see where the product's going. It obviously has had a bit of a revamp. And immediately I've hit the wall of, I can't actually take my Google Apps account into Google Circle or the Google Plus situation. Oh, that's interesting. So it's a little bit, um, yes, yeah, I think Google will have a tension between the app side of the business and the general profile side of the business, and they're not tied together at all. They're not matching up. 
Now, I'm saying that Microsoft also have a similar thing with um, Microsoft Live and Office 365. If you have a live account like I did with uh, Live Messenger and you move your domain name that is attached to that into Office 365, my live account just fell apart. Did you find out why that was? Have you, have you got a, res- a resolution yet? No. But I've, I've, actually, I've actually moved it back to live because I want to play around with yeah. that as well on the, on the phone. And that's come right. And it's come right. So yeah. I think it's something to do with the link client uh, and the settings with the link. Looking at the same exactly. So, but um, yeah, I, this Google, the Google Plus thing is quite good. It's got the, the, um, the Hangouts are quite a nice feature. Um, but that, for me, is about it. It's just another voice. I think it's, yeah, it's a feature-rich platform. There's some great things about it. There's some good concepts with the circles and so on. But, yeah, it's got to really stand out to draw a lot of attention. I think it will get, as they open up more to businesses, businesses will push it and promote it. But, I'm yeah, I'm not sure whether they're going to get the general populace to uh, to move off where, where we're at at the moment. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Right, cool. Now, with um, Skype, good news for Skype and iPad users. It's, uh, it's out today. That's your release. So you can actually get Skype on your iPad now. Yeah, with the real Skype version, not the real not, Skype. Not the uh, blown up uh, uh, iPhone version on your on No, it's the proper. But there's a caveat to this. It's only been released so far to a few countries. So, and I'm, I'm trying to find out that country list at the moment, actually, because this just came as you came to here. So, Bolivia, Afghanistan, Botswana. Botswana. Well done, guys. Well done. It's coming along, which is really, really good. We've been talking about it on the show for a little while. Um, I think it could be a really good thing for iPad users with um, the Apple iPad 2 with the cameras. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I'd be quite interested to have a play. Maybe we should get Paul or Di Henwood back in with his iPad to have a play. Um, and, interestingly, there was apparently a, a tweet from um, the official account um, saying that the product actually went live prematurely <laughs> and it's already been uh, yanked from the iTunes store everywhere. So for those listening in, um, yeah, that's that's the um, that's the new update, which um, is, is even moments fresher than uh, oh my than, goodness, than, than Brad, Brad's new. We can't even, so. we can't, I can't even pull it a gym together. It's five pm Dylan time. Half an hour later, <laughs> they're pulling the thing again. Don't you love the technology world? Uh, Everything changes all the time. Speaking of accidental launches, did you see what Microsoft Research Labs accidentally did? They accidentally launched their own social network site. On a, on a web web oh, it was. It went live for a little while. It was only ever supposed to be an internal experiment. And the whole community said, oh, oh, social network, doing a social network space like Facebook. And all of a sudden it shut down. And I think the apology on the website went saying along the lines of, um, really, we weren't actually launching anything. Honestly, it's a mistake. We're sorry. <laughs> but just imagine the guys at Facebook, they must have went, what? what? <laughs> yeah, they would have been in a bit of a, a, a panic seeing their um, uh, buddies at Microsoft, uh, yeah, launching competition. So, now, what else is going on? I've what, One thing I've noticed, and, and you guys will have too, in the news media over the last little while, I mean, certainly in the last couple of weeks, but if we go back even the last yeah, couple of years or so, there is so much going on in terms of patent issues. Oh, and okay. everybody is doing everyone else. I'm over and, and, it. And all, over all these spaces. Uh, you know, I've noticed in the last few days that, um, you know, we've had Apple taking on HTC over Android patent issues. Uh, now, we know HTC are already paying uh, Microsoft licensing fees 
for you know the um, the patents that um, that presumably Android infringes on. Um, I don't know the details of what those are. I don't think that's been made public, but I know Microsoft have been going after a few. Uh, but now Apple are going against HTC with their Android um, with their Android handsets, which is going to make life um, somewhat uh, somewhat difficult for uh, for Android if they end up with a whole lot of different companies coming after them, right? Yeah, look, and I mean, I think this is the problem that Google's had is that when they've been developing Android, they've just pulled in a whole lot of code to build it. Uh, and I, you know, I think I'm making a wild assumption here, but I think they've been a bit slack in the way that they've actually looked at where that code's come from. Uh, even if it's an open source community, some of that open source, you do have to register it and everything else. So, yeah, I, I think people are going to go through that code level quite a bit now and see what's going on there. Yeah, and then Java usage is going to be going as well. So. Well, it, does, it, it certainly makes it harder to do open source type projects if we're going to keep running into these sorts of issues. But it's the purpose of open source. I mean, these guys are trying to put a platform out there that's supposed to be free and collaborative, and it's sort of, if you can't use the code, you know, it's going to be crazy. Mm. So it, it, it's maddening. So you can use the code, you just have to pay them. Yeah, okay. Right. No, it's not, it's not open source anymore. Well, it's open source in the sense develop your own thing, but if you make the money out of it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that. But then Firefox. Yeah, that's like a whole other show. Yeah, exactly. Now, interestingly, with um, Apple, Apple has run into patent issues with S3, who used to be one of the big graphics card makers. Yeah, my yeah. first graphics card was an S3. Well, the <laughs> ego, back in the 60s, no doubt, Brad. It had so. Now, the company, which is um, now worth only a few hundred million, um, I'm sure we'd all love to own a company of that, that sort of um, size, but um, as, as a smaller company in the tech industry, um, I guess they, they potentially stand to, um, to gain substantially if they can, uh, you know, manage to uh, nail Apple on, the, on these patent issues. Apparently, they are trying to block the import of iMac, MacBooks, and so on into the U.S. right now. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, look, so I, I think the big thing at the moment will be we're, they're going to settle out of court. Right, that, that's what I think is going to happen. These things are all, at the moment, I just think it's a land grab for getting money out of large corporations. Exactly. With Apple being so, well, Apple could pretty much pay off the American national debt or something stupid. Um, well, I think yeah, S3 is definitely going through to try and get a bit of revenue out of them. Um, there's not a lot going on with that particular industry. They won't block them. Apple will settle out of court and it'll all go away and, or Apple will buy them. Well, this is going to destroy innovation though, isn't it? This whole patent idea. If someone comes up with an idea that's going to revolutionize uh, interface or uh, use of a product, which may infringe slightly on someone else's patent, but maybe extend it, it's just going to destroy it. People are just going to be too scared to come up with ideas, and it's going to be left to um, Microsoft, Apple, and Google because they're the only ones who've got cash to go throwing at each other in a, in a battle. Well, I'm not sure that it has to go to court, though. I mean, usually what happens is the vendor will say, hey, you're breaking my patent, so, you know, I need a buck for every, you know, product you sell. Um, it's not doesn't necessarily have to be that scary, but I guess if you've got 20 people coming after you or 100 people coming after you, um, that's when it gets challenging and it gets challenging to work out whether their, their requests are legitimate too, right? But some of the patents are stupid. That's the problem is that, yeah. you know, yeah. I've been sticking my thumb in the air and that's patented as a gesture. You know? Yeah, but yeah. It's, like, it's even bigger than that now that you're getting this bulk buying of patents like um, Microsoft and uh, Apple and was it someone else went together to buy a whole lot of um, X 
Nortel patents. Uh, uh, I think yeah, they didn't spend over four billion dollars on that. Google yeah. just buy like uh, X number of hundred patents or something, and and Google just did that yeah. buying patents off 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 IBM. Yeah. So that there's a whole game going on where everyone has to buy patents to protect themselves against everyone else. Because if you've got a patent portfolio, when someone else comes against you, you can just sue them back, or and then you know they'll end up doing some sort of deal. But yeah, it does make it hard for a smaller organisation to innovate. Basically, you've got to yeah. be inside of a, a Google or an Apple or a Microsoft um, or, you know, a company that has a lot of patents in order to be able to uh, get through these things. And I guess that's ultimately what Google will try and do by buying these patents. They'll try and do a, a deal that helps them to continue going with Android uh, without running into the patent issues we're having today. Or you go like the Chinese have done and uh, their plan is to outstrip the American number of American patents by two or three times. So they're going to try and out-patent America. The other thing is also is that this is becoming like the domain things where you get a whole lot of people buying domains to make money off them. People are going to be buying patents or trying to um, reach the patents, just hoping that that technology will be used later on. So I think it's a bad thing, personally. Yep. Um, yep. I, I like the way I understand where patents and why they're there and everything, but I think where, how they're being used is not right, personally. So anyway, we should move on from now. Exactly. Don't start ranting. Yeah, don't, don't rant, Brad. No. I've been ranting for a while. I've been good. Now, um, in Apple news, there's been some um, some more sort of security issues taking place in uh, in Apple land, which you know traditionally we haven't been used to there being uh, you know issues in terms of malware and, and viruses and and the like, um, you know, with our Mac OS based systems. But the one of the most recent ones uh, we were looking at was. Uh, I think it was uh, one of the AV vendors, F-Secure, reporting yeah. on a fake Flash Player installer for Mac, and you fire this thing up, and it just looks like, you know, you would just think that you were installing uh, your Flash Player, yeah. right, uh, or, or, or doing an update, but uh, actually it takes over various aspects of your system, and you, you're really in a lot of trouble, right? Yeah, so the, the key thing is, for course, admins out there listening to this, it's called trojan qhostwb so it's actually registered as Trojan. It installs, but what it does is it sets up a whole lot of fake browsers, does a whole lot of key logging as well, but actually sends you off to porn sites, basically. Continuously off to porn sites, pop up. It just completely listens your entire um, system so that you can never get around it. Now, I don't know, I can't see if F-Secure have got a update for the antivirus software to come to fix this, but the package is called flashplayer.pkg. Um, so if you are looking to install anything, please make sure that you're downloading it from the correct site, not this particular yes, one. Just, just to clarify, so Brad's not saying go and search for that. And no, 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 But it is a general, you know, this, we, we, you know, we recommend this often, but, you know, make sure you look at, keep your system secure, use good passwords and use some really, you know, robust um yeah, antivirus and, and anti-malware uh, software on whatever platform you're using, that's really important. And secure passwords, A1, B2, C3, C4 is not a secure password. So please, please do not use that. It is if you do it backwards. Four, six, three, <laughs> two, <laughs> eight, one. Hey, I got it. Good. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on, guys. Hilarious. Um, I, w- I was looking through the um, the, the uh, for those that that, that that missed it, and we we probably spoke about it earlier on the year. But um, 
one of the um, one of the big sort of publishers in the in the tech space, Gawker Media, who, who published a whole range of websites, uh, were hacked some time ago. And you're able to go online now and actually see uh, the information that was released by the hackers and included all of the, you know, many of the passwords and so on that were hacked. And it was incredible how many people off these websites were using a password of password or password one or, you know, just eight digits and things like that, not, you know, non-secure uh, non passwords. Madness, but uh, here we go. Lots of lessons to be learned about password branch for the week. Yes, those databases are awesome because they have user account, email addresses, and passwords together. And it's great because it's sitting on Hotmail and uh, don't, I don't know anything about it. Cool. Not no naughtiness. Now, a um, little bit of um, other news. We heard, um, and I think this has been out for a, for a week or so, um, but. Um, Windows Phone 7 uh, sold through Vodafone. They've been selling the HTC Trophy. Yep, I have one. Um, $899 was the pricing um, up until very recently. Uh, I think it might have dropped by, there was a special down to $799. It's now, with me price, uh, at $499. Bucks. Which is, a, I mean, it's a really nice handset. And, uh, you know, most of the staff in, in uh, my company uh, run those phones and they love them to bits. So um, if you're looking for a smartphone and you're not uh, particularly uh, tied to a platform or you're interested in Windows Phone, um, then that's a hot deal. Um, if you're particularly after something else, then it's actually worth a look because it's, um, it's a good price. And as many of you know, um, I think it's an absolutely fantastic platform. So, um, so in, in saying that, what, what we've got something happening with this, haven't we? Well, yeah, we, um, and we'll, we'll have the details next week, uh, but we are going to give away one or two um, of these, uh, these trophy handsets to, yes. our, uh, to our happy listeners. So Skip's putting his hands in the air, hoping that no, he, no, no, I'm putting his hands in the air, hoping he can get two hands in. I'm very happy with my Samsung Focus, but um, Windows Phone 7 platform is just brilliant. Now let's just clarify, Skip's on Mango, he's on the release candidate. So, so you're on the new 7.5 version, right? Yes, which I've been playing around with too. And there's some really cool stuff in there. I keep finding new stuff. So mint. What what what's the what's been the highlight this week? The new feature that you like the most? Actually, the one thing I like the most is its integration with everything. Absolutely everything: Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, just all tied together. And we we did a major company event here. We did a major piece of work, and the team that I'm involved with did a heap of stuff. They went above and beyond. So that night, I'm thinking I'm going to send messages to these guys and say thanks for just going above and beyond. But I didn't have everyone's email address, on, uh, not email address, but um, uh, text numbers and all that sort of stuff. But on the phone, easily I could actually message these guys in their space. So text message here, uh, an email message over here, and a um, Facebook message there. All the same sort of communication. And just having that in the one space to have as a communication tool, I thought, man, the power of this is immense. I can actually communicate not only across platforms, but generations. So one generation might be in the text messaging, the other generation is in Facebook, and just doing it from one interface made it so simple. I just think this is just one of the best features of the phone. Well, I, uh, sorry, I was just to say, so next week hopefully we'll be able to announce the competition and we'll have hopefully maybe one or two trophies to give away. Um, 
and we're going to come up with some ingenious way to give these away. Um, so, yeah, get ready for next week, and we'll do the announcement of what's going to happen. Yeah. And I want to give away one more little uh, little tidbit on the um, on this new Windows Phone software, which I found cool. Uh, last night, I, um, I was looking at my phone, and I must have been using it a lot during the day because uh, just as I was going to bed, there was a little heart icon on the, on the battery. And this was Windows Phone's way of saying, I'm going to love your battery and look after it, um, especially when your battery's low. So what happens is when you get down to low, the, uh, if you've got this uh, battery saver setting on, it puts a little heart on your battery to tell you that it's low, but also to tell you that it's going to do some some little tricks behind the scenes, such as maybe turning off your push email and other bits yep. to extend your battery life. So this was, I don't know what time it was, maybe you know, 10.30 or, or 11 at night, I saw that come on. So my battery was just about out. My phone was plugged in. I found in the morning it was only plugged in at one end. So my battery in a normal situation when your battery's that low, you might get maybe an hour, maybe two hours out of it at the most, right? When you when you when you're right at the end of your juice there. I woke up in the morning and I'm looking at my phone at you know seven, seven thirty and the phone is still running because it wasn't charged, but it had gone into this sort of, you know, uh, smart uh, battery usage mode. I just I couldn't believe that if the flat battery lasted next eight hours. Okay, okay. It was pretty cool. You should have had enough Windows phones to get loving. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. So, right. hardware, hardware news. What have we got in the hardware world? What's been going on? We've got a couple of things we want to talk about here. Two degrees. What have they been doing? So we, we chatted about this a little while ago. They've got a, um, as do all of the carriers, uh, each of them have got little um, portable um, 3G Wi-Fi um, access points. Yep. So they come with a SIM card in it and they're battery, battery powered and, you know, basically you can take a mobile hotspot with you. Now those started out around, I think, three four $400. They've now come down to um, $99 with two degrees to buy one of these. Oh, so again, how much? 99 bucks. Wow. And this is the mobile Wi-Fi hotspot. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So you can have up to five devices connected. You can put one in, on your table. I mean, we could be we could be using one right now. I think we could be. Why haven't they given us one? Exactly. I'm thinking. But, you know, one of these, you know, if it's sitting in the room here, we've got three, four laptops. We've got iPads. and We might have too many. We might actually overload it. Um, but in a situation <laughs> where you've just got five devices, you can hook that in. And the cool thing is, at the moment, this people is they're giving, um, you get a SIM card with it and three gigs worth of data. No way. Normally, the three gigs worth of data is worth 50 bucks. Uh, usually, probably worth something to buy the SIM card as well. Um, so, 50 bucks worth of data plus 49 bucks for the device, and you're hooked up. And, wow. Okay, that, wow. okay. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, so, I thought that's quite cool. So, what I mean, what two degrees here are really doing is they're kind of, um, you know, they're really tempting the market. They're tempting everyone to try them out because uh, we look at Vodafone and at Telecom. They're doing these for 199 and they're quite possibly making a loss even on their devices because I recall looking around for these options in the States. And there's a there's a similar product there, uh, slightly you know maybe slightly better called the MiFi device, uh, and those were uh, those were a lot more expensive than this. So 
for once, we are getting a really hot deal here in New Zealand on this. So, yeah, good on you, Peter Grease, for doing it. Hopefully, it pulls the others down. It's, I'm going to get back to online buying one right now. I'm watching him in the studio. I'm <laughs> <laughs> buying it. So, look, this is really, really good. So, um, Paul. I can already tell you that um, they were sold out online yesterday. Oh, come on. When I looked. Um, <laughs> but there are some retailers with some left. So, I'm hoping our listeners manage to get some of these yeah. before they sell out. Yeah, go so, buy them and support Peter Grease. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's a so I have got some hardy news I want to talk about. I have something called the jawbone. The jawbone. Now, what jawbone's been renowned for doing great um, Bluetooth headsets, and they, they were army based, and they came across in the mobile world as doing Bluetooth. They've just released this thing called the jawbone speaker and microphone unit. Now, it looks like a giant Lego block. But this thing is fantastic. Now, Mark Woods, who I work with, has lent this to me, and I have abused it so much that the battery has run out. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably shouldn't have dropped it so many times on the way in the office. Um, but what it is, is it enables you to connect via Bluetooth to your phone or to any other Bluetooth-based device, and you can output the audio that's it telling you it's flat. Um, it can tell, it output the audio off your phone onto the Bluetooth device. Or you can use it as a hands-free speaker. So you can actually talk back and basically you've got calls. Now, this thing will, um, obviously, it's got no cables. You recharge it via a USB connection. But the Ooh, micro USB. Yeah, the, but the microphone is absolutely fantastic. The speaker quality is amazing. So for people that are wanting to listen to podcasts or their music off their phone, rather than having those crappy little speakers that you plug in, you can actually travel with this device and it is sound quality is absolutely outstanding. And you can actually do your hands-free with it. Um, it's up to about 30, 40 feet. So really, really good device. Now, it was 200 US dollars. So it's not cheap. But with the New Zealand peso being so high, oh, I'm mean, loving it. That, you know, you're looking at 240. So um, your bone is really, really good. I highly recommend this. The build quality is fantastic. Um, and just have a really good hands-free is really good. Now, my this is a jam box. Now, my second tip for listeners is we all have that problem we go to buy things in the U.S. We've got our American credit card. Oh, I need to send it to an American address because they won't ship outside the U.S. Hey, Roku. Well, there is a legit company called buyusa.co.nz which gives you a default U.S. mailing address that will then, for a small fee of about a couple of dollars, automatically forward it on internationally for you. Oh, so this is all legit. I checked it out today. Yeah, no, they've been around. Those options have been around for a while. This, this one's yeah, yeah, this quite a handy option, and they're, and they're reasonably well priced. And this one's very well priced. So Brent Colbert, who I work with, also has been using this, and he basically bought a whole lot of American uh, products. I think he bought a Roku and a couple of boxes. And uh, he got it shipped there. And they actually all come back to say, "Hey, do you have any more shipments coming in from Amazon or anything else? We'll store the whole lot and send up in one big package away to your international address." So if you do want to go out and get those Roku devices, which we highly recommend, um, buyusa.co.nz is a really, really good service to look at as well. Um, if, you, if you're trying to get, you know, use the New Zealand pay, though, with people exchange at the moment. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll, just, I'll just have a quick, uh, a quick look online, and these are, um, yeah, they're not so cheap here, the, um, the, the Jambox. So, um, um, yeah, we're talking 300 and 350 um by the, by the looks of it. Uh, but there you go. And interestingly, Apple have them in their, um, their Apple uh, store as yeah. well. 
they're the they're the same sort of price, so um, they're obviously quite um, quite impressed with it to be putting it in uh, in their stores. So very cool. No, it's a very cool piece of uh, technology, and it can work with you know, any device and any phone. So cool. Now another thing, who did their homework? I gave you a homework assignment last week. I've done mine. Skip, you've done yours. Hey, yeah. guess who hasn't done his? This is like school all over again. So, sir, I haven't done my homework again. So, we're going to talk about this. I've had quite a few people twittering me and Facebooking me saying, hey, they really want to hear what's going on. So, um, Skip, do you want to go first? And while Paul tries to find one quickly on the internet to blag about it, <laughs> go. So, this is online backup. So this is online backup. So, so I'll just repeat the question for everyone from last week. I challenged uh, my co host here to find a good cloud based backup service for the devices they use, whether it's a Windows or Mac device, to back up the data into the cloud. Now, Paul Spain is obviously going to look at Google or Google.com. Um, so there are, are actually quite a number of products I've had a look at in the past, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to hear your, your feedback. Okay. So, uh, so skip me first, down, guys. Now, I've gone with an option that is actually a pay option. So um, I thought, if I'm going to do this properly, I'm going to spend some money on it. And I've actually been quite surprised at how cost-effective some of these solutions are. So I'm looking at a product called Carbonite, and yeah, an associate product, a product called Carbonite Pro. So Carbonite is a single uh, instance you pay for a set number of space on this cloud. Uh, in the case of me, I've got 20 gigs, and it'll just load software onto your Mac or your PC, and it'll actually choose, you can choose files to back up incrementally. So what happens is that um, um, I can have files that are, uh, I'll change and it will, within five minutes, back those files up onto the cloud instantly for me. And then I can do version rollbacks on that file type. Now, the good thing about the pro version, if you're into businesses or you've got a home with lots of devices in it, you can actually set this up on multiple um, laptop devices or computers or even servers, in one case that I've had to play with. And it will actually share that 20 gig of data, or whatever you pay for, whatever you pay for in data, across those devices. And it'll actually keep an eye on from one dashboard as to how all those devices are backing up and if they're working okay. So I, I really like this one's called Carbonite or Carbonite Pro. Um, really good service, and actually works quite well from here in New Zealand. So my one is a company called Crash Plan. Now Crash Plan gives you a free 30-day service. Um, they are again a, a pay one as well. So the, for a dollar fifty per month, you can um, store up to ten gig off one computer. But if you, um, I'm going to skip over to the other plan they have because the one I really really like is called um, Crash Plan Family Unlimited. Two to ten computers, unlimited storage in the cloud for six dollars US per month. Now, what this allows you to do is that if there is, um, obviously, if I have two computers or three or four users that are using the service, I can actually transfer from my cloud service from one backup to another device in the cloud. So, uh, let me explain that a bit better. If SIP was also on Crash Plan, I could move a file from my online backup to your online backup and transfer it that way without having to come back into my local PC and go up again. Um, also, I really like how they can move things across. So it is a really slick service. It is a 30-day free trial, which I've been using. Um, it's across Linux, Mac, Windows 64-bit, Windows 32-bit. Um, I've got it running on my Windows 7 device at the moment, 64-bit, uh, and it is really fast. 
Um, I just did about oh, I a gigafile, and it was yeah, really, really quickly. Um, and the online portal is really, really strong for this one. Now, I understand from the guys in Geek Zone that they are some crash plan fans there. So that's, yeah, that's good to see, um, and it's good to get some validation. Um, I know one of the guys at work has also been using this. Um, he's got 50 gig in the cloud already of his photos and music. So where's Crash Plane hosted? Uh, it's in the US, as far as I understand at this point in time. I don't know where all the other data centers are. Now, there's a little bit of clarification here, because to get it at $6 a month, you've got to pay for four years of it up front. Yeah. Um, so that's at low as. That, yeah, that might not be. So the usual price is $12, $12 US um, a month. And how much data? Unlimited. Unlimited. It says backup unlimited amounts of personal files from all your computers. Now, I think that there are potentially some limitations, and I've had a look at this across some of the products in terms of what they will and won't back up. Um, so that's something I, you know, I'll, be, I'll be keen to hear. Oh, crash plan. I, I, um, okay. Online, um, so we've got that problem with Carbonite. They won't do some executables. We're getting mm-hmm. feedback on the chat room. But this one will actually do everything. And this uh, friend of mine, Lowell, he's actually, like I said, he's got um, everything from his, um, their family movies that they've recorded. So um, MP4 files, um, audio files of things he purchased. Um, legit, you know, all the legit stuff that doesn't block it. So uh, it's actually, um, yeah, he has, he's got 49.9 gig in the cloud. Um, so that's why he's really keen on it, and I've become a big fan of it as well. It's going to take me a long time to um, upload my terabyte worth of stuff onto the cloud. Um, yeah, it's going to cost me quite a bit, too, yeah. But yeah, um, it's so that we have good data bandwidth plans here in New Zealand. Yeah, we might need to move to Australia or the US to get some better options. So, yeah. Yeah. I hope they give you a terabyte data in Australia. I know. What? <laughs> What's going on? Uh-huh. What's going on? So, on, on that front, it is good news that um, Telecom have increased some of their um, data plans. So, some of their lower end ones they've doubled, like their one gig plan has gone to two gigs, I think. Yeah. Um, so, is this for phone or home use? This is for home, home data. So, I've got two gig. Have you got a two gig data? No, I'm just saying, yeah. two gig. I mean, please. Yeah. I don't get out of the air for less than 50. So, at their higher end, they haven't doubled. Oh, sorry. Um, but, you know, they've still kept them up. So, when you compare that with what Vodafone have just done, which has increased theirs by 50%. Yeah, is that mobile or home? Sorry, just terrified. I know this is sorry, guys. Just skip, uh, Brad, Brad's asleep here because we're talking about home internet connections. We're doing bad. I'm making sure because these data sites are really tiny. They are quite tiny. I'm just making sure. <laughs> and to be honest, it does seem a little bit uh, of a joke that you'd have a 2 gig plan for home. Well, I think, I think there are users who just, just check your email at home. And in fact, I came across somebody yesterday who was on dial-up because that, um, that was able to suit their requirements. Well, look, fair enough. That's so, good. Like, you know, I think there's A and B we've got to get sorts. Maybe a minimum of 10. But, but re- realistically, I think, yeah, we have, we have some issues in terms of how big most of the data plans in New Zealand. There are some ISPs offering these so-called unlimited plans. Uh, but I think our collective experience would be that if you go onto one of those ISPs, you're not going to get the same level of performance that you would get from uh, on the major players. I think it's a one to a million ratio, isn't it? Really, of use on that plan. Yeah, pretty much. That's what we on. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, thanks everyone for listening in. That has been the NZ Tech Podcast for another week. You can, of course, find us online. We are facebook.com slash Podcast. We would love you to go in there and click the like button. Um, that would make us very happy. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. And if you're on Twitter, we'd love you to follow us. We're at NZTechPodcast. 
and of course our uh, our website is nzedtechpodcast.com. Uh, if you want to uh, catch up with, with each of us, Skip, uh, your Twitter handle is Seven QENZ. Uh, and Brad at Brad Bohr, B R A D B O R. And my one is very easy at Paul Spain. Cool. And um, thank you for the Geek Zone chat room tonight. We've really enjoyed having you guys online. Yourself. It is <laughs> great to be back again. Um, and we'll see you guys all next week. Thank you so much, everyone. Yeah, great to have that fat in the li- live feed running. And, and for listeners who are uh, who are keen to uh, uh, to be catching the very freshest taste of the NZ Tech podcast, then the trick is is to uh, is to listen in. Uh, we'll follow follow our tweets, and we will give you the chance to uh, uh, we'll give you the chance to hear us live. Uh, alternatively, you can keep listening as as most do through uh, through iTunes and Zoom and and, and downloads. Um, now, one uh, one just final uh, final update um, is Microsoft TechEd conference. Yeah, coming um, August twenty fourth and twenty sixth in Auckland. Yeah, now we we were going to be doing a um, we we were bouncing around the idea of doing a um, a live video uh, broadcast from the event. Um, unfortunately, we've been a bit run off our feet and are unable to uh, and are going to be unable to do that this year. Yeah. Um, but we'll probably tie in with another uh, another conference in the in the future when we've got time to be a bit more organised. Um, but that ticket event that, that's that's getting pretty close to a uh, a sellout, right? So yeah. It, it, look, it's really close at the moment. Uh, I know there's been quite a few people saying to me, oh, "I'll wait and buy my ticket next week." Um, buy it. There's, I think they're 90% full at the moment, or 91%. So this thing is filling up fast. And also, they just need the Released the TechEd app for Windows Phone 7, which is really, really nice. Um, that's just come out. You can download that. And if you want to come and meet me in person, I'll be working on the Microsoft stand on the server side. Um, I'm the tall, ugly guy, which apparently I have a voice for radio, as everyone can tell me. So <laughs> you can pop over, and I'm, uh, Paul and Skip are going to be floating around, and we're going to hopefully do some interviews while we're around with some of the people there. But yeah, it'd be great to see everyone at TechEd, and don't forget the TechEd app. It'd be really nice to catch up. Cool. All right. Thank you. Thank you.